HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. For more information, visit rothcheese.com. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, a man on a never-ending search for the perfect pizza. This show is the audio version of the Pizza Talk YouTube series, where I engage in interesting conversations with some of the country's greatest pizza makers and other artisans. Thanks for joining me on this quest. I'm here today with Laura Meyer, who is uh, <laughs> she's an instructor at the uh, International School of Pizza in San Francisco, and also one of the main administrators there. And you know, we really first connected about ten years ago when Pizza <laughs> Quest came to. Uh, uh, Tony's Pizza Napolitan in San Francisco. I think you may be have been one of his first employees or pizzaiolos there or were a student there. I don't remember. You were just, seemed like to me, you were just getting started. You were just a kid back then. And now Pretty much. Later, and now you're like a, a superstar in the pizza world. You're winning competitions. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're representing the United States. I mean, you're, you know, a lot has happened in 10 years. So what I'd love to do is, is uh, maybe uh, during our first episode today, Talk a little bit about that whole journey, your journey into pizza, and kind of bring us up to the present moment. So, like awesome. when we first met, this was back when 2010. Where, where, what brought you into the whole pizza world? Well, I first started in 2006, I want to say, and so wow. that was my first job. I was 16 or 17 at the time, and it was one of those mom and dad are yelling at me to go get a job. Where were you living? <laughs> I was living here in the Bay Area of California, so I was living in Hayward, and I was going to school in Oakland, and I had a friend who worked at this pizzeria pretty close to my house, and since I was being yelled at to go get a job, I just said, hey, can you get me an application? Like, sure, I'll work with you. You're one of my best friends, Um, and they pretty much hired me without really seeing me. It was one of those everybody's first job type locations. Well, wait a second. You were in Hayward. Isn't that where Tony's first pizzeria was and his brother? Did you know? Yeah, it was in his, the first pizzeria was in Castro Valley. And so it just so happened to have been 10 minutes down the street. Is that Paisano's called? Is is that what it's called? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. We're talking about Tony Gemignani, who's Laura's, uh, who's Laura works with and for now, but is also kind of one of your main mentors. Uh, Definitely. So, yeah. so your connections go way back before, before you were really the oh, people. Yeah. Ah. 
<laughs> I've even known him before he was before he even won in Naples. So before he was Tony. <laughs> <laughs> he was already Tony the acrobat, but yeah. he wasn't Tony the the full fledged pizzaiolo yet. And yeah, so it's nice to kind of see my progression, but also his kind of in tandem. So it's been it's been a wild ride to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. So anyway, you so you were still a kid and then you got, yeah. got your first job. It was my first job. And then I was going to college over in San Francisco. And after I graduated, um, Tony just so happened to walk into the the shop one day and he had just opened Tony's Pizza, which we all know now as, you know, the Tony's Pizza. And so he had said, well, why don't you come over? And um, he just said, well, why don't you come on over? And I did. And then kind of never looked back. And that was 2011, I want to say, is when I started full-time at Tony's in San Francisco. And then from there, it kind of took off. You were already experienced by that time because you've been working in pizzerias. But did you mm-hmm. go through the, the uh, sort of the program? His, his, has, had the school started then and, and he'd been doing formal training? Or did you just learn on the job at Tony's? Well, I had definitely learned a little bit prior to Tony's, but we hadn't quite developed the full technique and whatnot at Paisano's. It was still kind of that mom and pop shop where, you know, the execution and being there is is kind of all about it. We've served great pizza, but we hadn't quite developed the full technique yet. But he started doing classes, I believe in 2009, but he wasn't doing them at Tony's at that time. Uh And so... When I first moved over, he did um, have me ask me if I wanted to go through the school and kind of really learn everything. And so I jumped at it because I I did. I wanted to learn everything. And um, that was, I think, right when I first started. And then from there, that's when I started learning about Pizza Expo and competitions and all the different things that he does. And so he started exposing me to all of those different elements that are a part of the business. Um, in addition to, of course, learning about the different styles and taking me there and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he kind of opened up the whole world of pizza Definitely. to you and to many others as well. Uh, but you were certainly part of that, you know, I would call it his protege class. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but and so back then I'm thinking, you know, in the, uh, you know, in, in the 2010 to 2015 period, to my recollection, there weren't a lot of women in the pizza world, or at least, you know, well-known women. Nancy Silverton had uh, Pizzeria Moza in L.A., but you don't, you didn't really hear about too many women being, you know, on the front lines of pizza. Uh, what was it like for you coming into it as a woman? Was, was, it, was it challenging? Were there challenges, you know, to kind of deal with uh, glass ceilings to break through and stuff like that? In the beginning, it, it, it was one of those things where I didn't, realize that there weren't a lot of women because it wasn't something that was super glaringly obvious to me it was just you know you feel the you feel the energy that surrounds pizza expo and you just want to be a part of it and so that's kind of why I jumped in and I really wanted to compete and I've always been a really competitive person (laughs) and so it just kind of fit right in um but Probably after my first competition, my first competition was at Pizza Expo in Las Vegas. And then that same year, 
not even a month later is when I went to my first international competition in Parma. And that was kind of when I realized, okay, I think I'm, there's not a lot of people like me. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of females. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. in Parma, they allow you to have um, an assistant that'll help you like with your ingredients and lugging things around and things like that. And all of the women were the assistants and they were dressed like pizza makers and they were dressed like cooks, but you couldn't, but when it came down to it, it was the men that were the competitors. And so um, that was kind of my first taste of, I'm one of very few, I think I was maybe one of a handful of ladies uh, at, the, yeah. at that. And then um, for me to win, I won that competition and that was, another indicator of because when they announced the winner they announced the winner as a man and then they had to retract their statement and say oh no it's a woman um, <laughs> they weren't used to announcing a woman as the winner that's it's like whoa what have we done here uh what was it that you made that, that you won with i did so it was the pan style competition uh category and so i did a sicilian style and then i i it was one of those things where it was my first time out and I had no clue what I was doing. And I showed up with a can of tomatoes and, and my flour and a pan and that was it. And I didn't have an idea. I didn't have a concept. I had no idea what I was in for. Um, so you just go into the deep end. Pretty much. I just showed up at every market and store I could and just figured it out as I went. And then it so happened that, you know, I had made the best pie of the day. <laughs> It's nice when it happens that way, but you know, in yeah. order to go into a competition to begin with, you have to have a certain amount of self-confidence and you know, and and belief in yourself, uh, and that doesn't just happen overnight. How did you, you know, where does your love for food? Because to get in the pizza business, you've got to love what you're doing. It's hard work, and you have to love making food and making pizza. Well, go, take us back a little bit further to your early days. You know, where did that all come yeah. from? Well, I'm lucky because growing up, I grew up with two chefs as parents. <laughs> oh, and in a culinary family, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and granted, they were they had already gotten out of the business by the time I had come around. Um, they didn't tell you to like run as fast as you can away from this. <laughs> well, they did actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I when I when I first started cooking and really cooking and not just working at my neighborhood shop and having fun because I was a teenager. Yeah. But really kind of when I moved over to San Francisco and I really wanted to make this something, they, my dad had warned me that, you know, this is going to be really hard. It's, it's not, it's not just physically grueling long hours. You know, you work holidays. We're not going to see you as much, you know, it's yeah. just physically grueling. It's mentally grueling. Um, just every aspect of it. And, and even Tony kind of warned me in the beginning of what it was going to be like. And so, but I knew growing up that I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I wasn't one of those kids that knew at the age of five that I wanted to be a chef. It yeah. was just, I knew that I wanted to work with my hands and I knew I wanted to be creative and I knew I was never going to work in an office. <laughs> did, did you have like favorite foods when you were growing up that were that maybe influenced you to, and, and to expand your culinary horizons? Well, I remember growing up, my dad always made 
a vast array of food. I grew up with, my mom is, has a Mexican background. Um, she's a hundred percent. So I grew up with her incorporating more of the iconic Mexican flavors. And then my dad has this kind of crazy background. And so he incorporated everything. And I can remember that even when I was little, he would make pizza at home and we never ate out no matter what it was. We never eat fancy food. It wasn't as if I was eating foie gras and, and everything at home, but everything was made at home. It wasn't store-bought. It wasn't takeout. And so that really kind of spoke to me. I remember making my first cake on my own when they let me cook by myself with knives and everything. And, and I got it terribly wrong, (laughs) but they all humored me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were in a milieu where everybody loved food, obviously, and you grew up with, you know, with that and, and developed your own, your own passions for it. Um, Yeah. So when, so, so like, how were you when you made that first cake? Um, maybe 10, 12 at the time. And I didn't know what confectioner's sugar was. So I just used regular granulated sugar. And so it was crunchy, (laughs) (laughs) but everybody humored me. And from that point on, it was kind of like, Oh, you know, they had the copper bowls and learning about, you know, the chemical reactions that happen and thinking that, Oh, that's really cool. And just kind of going from there. And then, when I started to learn the hands-on techniques with pizza and it wasn't just a rolling pin, it wasn't just um, using sheeters and things like that, but really putting your hands on it and working with it and how kind of temperamental it is depending on all of your factors. And that kind of pulled me in just, I love it. I love the hands-on and, and whatnot. Well, you know, it's it's funny because it's only in recent time that, that pizza has, kind of uh, reattained this stature and uh, the aura of it being a very special food for a long time. And when Definitely. I was growing up, it was, it was a neighborhood thing. It was, it was sort of, it was comfort food. It was, everyone liked it, but there wasn't this thing about pizza. Yeah. Now suddenly pizza has, <laughs> is the thing. And it's the thing of the moment. Uh, and especially in this COVID era, while we're, while we're zooming and getting, you know, having breakups on the screen and everything else, we are also, uh, you know, seeing a lot of people baking bread and making pizza at home. Uh, so it's nice to have the a lot more people appreciate now because I think because there's there's more of an understanding of of how difficult it can be, and you know, it's not just mix it in a bowl and throw it in the oven. <laughs> but you, you, but you, you know, already knew how to cook to some extent because you were surrounded by it. It's in your DNA and everything else. Uh, and then you had, you know, you started making things. Um, what event, what led you into, you know, focusing it on pizza? What is it about pizza itself that kind of lights your fire? It's, it's hard to pinpoint one exact thing. What draw, what drew me in honestly is I can remember when I first, when I first started, I actually had two jobs. And so it got to a point where I had two jobs and I was in college and I had to make a decision because it just got to too much. And the reason why I picked pizza over my other job and then I never looked back was because I enjoyed it so much. It was, I had fun doing it. I had, yeah. I mean, it was probably one of the the craziest 
restaurants in town. And, you know, on a Friday night, it was absolutely nuts. And of course, you've got like 10 million teenagers screaming at each other, you know, trying to get it all to work. And it was chaos, but it was the most fun thing ever. And I can remember the night, one of the nights that we switched over from using a rolling pin to stretch out all of the dough to doing it all by hand. I can remember one of your earlier jobs before, before Tony's, you mean? Yeah, that was at Paisano's, the original, original spot. So before I moved over to Tony's, I can remember we had already kind of switched over to using, to doing it all by hand. Yeah. Um, And I remember he had asked me like, Oh, are you okay? Can you handle it? Because I was the only one stretching and everybody else was topping and cooking and doing all that. And I can just remember the energy behind it and that want that drive that want to be a part of it. And, and also the enjoyment of kind of how hard it was, you know, the physicality behind it of actually having to open and stretch every single pizza on a Friday night. Um, and I just remember loving the feel of it, loving the dough and being a part of it, but then also kind of the camaraderie aspects around pizza. It was because everybody loves pizza. They all have their own interpretation of what pizza is, but there's definitely kind of a unifying aspect around it. And it was, and that's kind of what drew me in. And then even moving over to Tony's in San Francisco, granted it was on a vastly different scale. Um, you know, the, the kitchen was bigger. The employees, obviously I wasn't working with teenagers anymore. I was working yeah. with full fledged cooks, trained, Very serious professionals. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, a, and a very creative definitely. menu doing what seven different styles of pizza. Yeah. I was definitely out of my league when he first moved me over there. I think he had a bigger idea of my talents <laughs> than I did at the time. Or he saw, he saw your potential. Yeah. Cause I was still young. I was, had just, um, got out of college. I mean, I thought I knew more than I actually did. And, you know, I thought I was an adult when really I was 21. Um, <laughs> but that made me an adult in my eyes. Um, did we ever become adults? I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> I no, I'm still not there yet. Not quite. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that's part of this whole pizza thing too, is it yeah. makes people young and there's something like you were describing that energy around yeah. it. Yeah. And it's just, it's fun. It draws you in. It makes you, you want to be a part of it. And you, and even in the crazy hectic, those nights where things go wrong and you're all screaming at each other, it's still fun in my eyes. I would still rather be making pizza on uh-huh. the worst night ever than doing well, something else. So well, this is like after now, you know, 12 years or so in it and you're still loving it is what you're saying. Yeah. I, um, but right now with this whole COVID-19, it definitely puts a big question mark on restaurants and the livelihood of restaurants and what is restaurant culture going to look like when we can open back up again. That's, and so it makes me wonder, you know, is this the route I want to go um, long term? Because, you know, we're 12, 14 years in now and I'm 31 now and I'm still very young and I still have a lot of options available to me. And, but at the end of the day, it still revolves around pizza. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Every well, option and avenue I go towards still has pizza in the mix. So well, you mentioned, you know, like what's going to happen after, 
the age of COVID and what's, what's yeah. going to be the big takeaway. I'd love to explore that more deeply with you. Uh, why don't we continue this conversation in our next episode? This is a great place to stop, take a break. Uh, thank all of you for watching. This we're, we're on Pizza Talk today with Laura Meyer, who is, uh, are you, are you, how many pizza, pizza olos or olas are in the kitchen at Tony's? Uh, would you say that you're, you're like running the kitchen or is there, is there sharing of the kitchen? How does that go? Um, it's definitely like a beehive. So there's quite a few in there. Um, at any one time, I want to say there's probably 10 to 15 people, um, kind of all working towards the same goal. Um, and usually, uh, if I'm in there during service, then I'm one of the, the main ones. Well, then your experience would kind of, you know, put you in that role. In addition, you're also, uh, the, uh, one of the lead administrators of the, uh, International School of Pizza, and uh, you know, and we want to talk about all that, which may be a big part of the future. We'll continue to explore the future of pizza in our next episode of Pizza Talk. Join us then, Laura. Thanks. We'll continue this conversation in the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Stick around for more Pizza Quest after a word from our sponsor. Today's program was brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. Roth has made specialty cheese in the rolling hills of Wisconsin for more than 30 years. With strong Swiss heritage, Roth is best known for its award-winning Alpine-style Grand Cru cheeses. Fresh Wisconsin milk, combined with expertise in affinage, is how Roth creates high-quality, great-tasting cheese year after year. In 2016, hard work paid off when out of over 2,000 contenders, Roth Grand Cru Sir Schwa was named world champion at the World Cheese Championship. For more information, visit rothcheese.com. I'm going to introduce you again. But first, I want to say hello to all the people who are, who are tuning in. I'm Peter Reinhardt. This is Pizza Talk presented by Pizza Quest. And today we're in part two of our conversation with Laura Meyer, the, uh, who I'm calling a future Yoda. Uh, and we, you know, I wanna, we were just talking about the Yoda panel or the Yodi panel, which are these, what, the people who I think uh, are more than just pizza makers. They are the people who are committed to the idea of passing on knowledge from generation to generation and seeing the pizza community as, you know, as a much bigger thing than just their own unique restaurants, which are important but the, this sort of sense of community and lineage. And I know that lineage has been a very important part of your mentor, Tony Gemignani's, uh, you know, mission is, and, and I think part of why he started the International School of Pizza in San Francisco, of which you are now an instructor and an administrator and really a big part of. So Laura, if you, when we last left off, you were talking about sort of your own journey into pizza and where you're at now. Um, working full-time, entering competitions, winning competitions, going to Italy and, you know, traveling and the world's opened up to you as Definitely. a Ola, who is, <laughs> you know, has, has become, you know, a force in your own right. So I want to explore where it's going for you, but maybe we'll start by talking about the school itself and, you know, how you see the work of the school and your role in it. Well, the school is great. It's uh, the branch that Tony opened is, it's the first branch here in the U.S., it's a branch of one of the oldest schools in Italy. And so it's been around since the 80s. And 
it's pretty much kind of like a trade school for pizza. It's all pizza all the time, everything you want to know. And so we have two different courses. We divide it up based on the styles that are going to be taught, especially because of the dough and, and the hands-on techniques and of course the ovens uh, that are required and, and whatnot. And so the school is great for me. It's one of my driving forces through my time in pizza. I love making pizza, but as I've kind of grown up with it and my uh, knowledge around it has increased, um, teaching it is the one thing that I love. It's teaching somebody how to do the techniques, but also how different it can be from person to person. That one technique that I show you might be a little bit different and just kind of seeing the progression of someone's skill. Uh -huh. and, and you always have that light bulb moment with someone and to kind of see the light bulb go off of, oh my gosh, I really understand this now and I can take this home with me and to be able to see their pictures and their emails and their success stories and also just how happy it makes them. Not just because, yeah, their business is thriving, but physically to see their face light up and, you know, because they've mastered something uh -huh. is, yeah. is great. I, I, it's that, a great that, feeling. Uh, that aha moment when, like you say, when yeah. the light bulb goes off, it's really probably one of the most satisfying parts of being it really in the is. teaching side of, of, you know, this industry. Um, like, so going back to the school, so you offer courses in specific styles. Like, can someone sign up for just coming in for just pan pizza or just uh, Neapolitan or just, you know, or is it like a, a complete curriculum that uh, involves having to go through all the different stages in order to get certified? So we divided up, we have two classes. Um, one is the Neapolitan and classic Italian course. And then on the flip side is the American. And then we also couple the Sicilian pan style with that. And so you we always advise people to come in with a primary focus. So even though you come in for the American style and you want to say, let's, I only want to learn Detroit. Yes, we teach those. We will teach you that specifically, but we also want to expose you to kind of some of the other styles. So our objective is yes, to teach you the style that you want to learn, but to expose you to some of the other styles. Um, our classes are held within our main restaurant in San Francisco. So at Tony's. So even though you come in, let's say for that Neapolitan style, because the restaurant executes so many other styles in addition, you learn how to execute one style, but within others. So when you go home, you have a broader knowledge base. And even though you might not spend every minute of the day working on, let's say, a Chicago Cracker Thin, you do have the basic understanding and the basic knowledge of it. And it's always interesting for us because our students always come in with a primary focus but by the time they leave because we our objective is to expose you to more and to teach you the the science and how to the manipulation aspect um their concepts always change by the you, end you've kind so. of expanded their whole worldview of what pizza can be exactly and and also what's capable what's how you can put out many different styles in a small concept. Tony's Pizza, everyone thinks Tony's Pizza is this giant restaurant, <laughs> but the physical footprint is actually pretty small. The it's kitchen at Smell 
itself, sorry, is pretty tiny. And so in our mind, it seems so much bigger because it is. Yeah. You hear seven styles and seven different kinds of ovens and everything else. Yeah. (laughs) You make it happen. uh, You know, we, in some of the the uh, webisodes that we did with Tony from when it first opened, he gave us a tour of the kitchen. So for those who are watching and yeah. want to see, uh, you know, what it's like in there, go go back into our webisode section and check that out. But also, uh, Laura, we want to have you back in a, in a future episode where we where you actually take us through the the school yeah. and the and the restaurant and show us, you know, like all the things that you're referring to, as people can see them firsthand. Um, but uh, you're you're teaching them all this stuff. It must be you must have the classes before the restaurant opens because the restaurant's opening up, you know, like for lunch and dinner, right? You're doing lunch and dinner service there, right? So do you? Yeah. When, so when the way open, you know the way that we kind of break it up is so we're lucky that our sister restaurant Capos, which is the Chicago concept, is only about two blocks away. So, um, but the, so we bring everybody in, in the beginning in in the morning, and then we do all of our, all of the stuff that we need to do by ourselves without any interruption. And then we, so it's making dough, learning that science, some of the hands-on learning how to push, um, how to open a dough ball, um, things like that. And then we actually will bring the class over to our sister restaurant while um, the main prep is being done. So that way we're kind of out of the way um, and we're not having to fight for space. And then that's where we do all of our kind of book work. So there actually is a written exam required. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, you know, because it sounds like you're teaching more than just technique. You're teaching maybe a little bit of history, background, context, Correct. everything. Yeah. So there's actually a textbook involved and there's actually a written exam involved. And it always scares everybody because the last time you took a test was yeah. who knows how long ago. <laughs> or or um, some people will say, I got into pizza because I didn't want to take tests anymore. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you find out that you got, if you're going to become like certified, you've got to be exactly. You got to have practical, uh, quantifiable skills. Yeah, it's not just your, your run-of-the-mill school. And so... And then after we're done with all that, when the restaurant is actually open, we bring the students back to the restaurant and then we actually put them on the line during service. So it's one of those, it's a sink or swim situation. (laughs) Um, We throw you in, but it's not as if, you know, if you can't do it, especially in the beginning and you're still learning, um, we, it's all the patience in the world. It's just, Uh it's giving everyone that, that practical experience of what it's like when the tickets are flooding out of the printer and let's say so-and-so didn't show up or the dishwasher stops working. It's that practical environment. And that's the, what, how we want to teach people because it's, I can teach anyone how to make pizza. All of us could in a perfect environment where the temperature is perfectly controlled. The humidity is controlled, you know, and every day is the same. It's like Groundhog Day, but that's not a real world environment. When you yeah. leave us, we want to make sure that you can still execute the style that you want to learn. So, so some of the people who come to the school are already in the business. They may have a restaurant. They just want to, you know, push their skills to another level, but you're also getting some who maybe are not, or maybe thinking about opening a restaurant. Is that, is that true? And, and so for it's them, maybe their first sort of deep dive, uh, you know, Panic it's situation, true. you know. Yeah, all of our classes are a mix usually. 
of zero experience to have been in the business longer than I've been alive. So it's, um, it's always kind of a nice mix to have, to, to put those two together. It's nice to have people who have zero experience just because they don't have any, let's say, quote unquote, bad habits. <laughs> right. It's harder to break a habit than That's it is true. to create yeah. one. <laughs> so I, I know a famous baker, uh, Lionel Poilant, who, uh, who fortunately, unfortunately is no longer with us, but he told me uh, that, you know, he would only hire uh, and train bakers who had never worked anywhere and never gone to a baking academy or anything else because he said <laughs> it's too hard to untrain them of their bad habits. It is. It's, it's a little tricky. I mean, with pizza, you kind of have to understand that everyone's technique is going to vary slightly. Everyone's hands work a little bit differently, um, especially lefties versus righties. Um, it's just, it's going to vary a little bit. And so learning how to kind of work between that, um, is always a little bit of a challenge, but having the mix is nice just because in terms of experience level, because then they get to talk to each other they get to ask each other questions because when you've been in the business, it's easy to kind of stop asking questions because whatever you say goes. Yeah. And so it's nice to kind of put somebody with um, someone who's new because they, they start to see that the perspective is different. You know, the things that they might see is different and then vice versa. It's the same way. You know, if I'm brand new in the business and I have someone standing next to me who's been doing it for 30 years, you know, I'm going to pick your brain. Right. Well, how many people typically come in for a class cycle? So we usually limit the class to around, we prefer six. Uh, we'll push to eight if we really have a high demand for it, but we like six just because it gives everyone enough one-on-one -on -one attention. Yeah, it's um, exactly. It's more manageable. At one point in time, we were doing 10 to 12. I don't know how we did it, but. We did. <laughs> how long do they come in for? For the, for like one class, they're coming in for the classical class. How long does that run? Um, both classes, the professional courses are five days long. And usually the t hours per day will vary a little bit. Um, but usually they come in around eight or nine in the morning, um, sometimes earlier if they need it. And then usually they don't finish until if you finish early, it's around three or four in the afternoon. But if you don't finish till later, sometimes they can go till about six or seven in the evening. So you're potentially there for 10 to 12 hours. So people who are coming in from out of town, they're committing to uh, getting there, getting a place to stay while they're there. And then the, the number of hours required to be there to get through. And then at the end, there's a big test. And, what, and, and they leave with, with a, what, a certification from, from the school. And, Correct. And, right? So depending on the course that, you're, that you've come for, you'll get a specific certification for that. Um, and then, of course, you get um, a certificate that says that you've been part of the school and whatnot. And so... And then we add you to kind of our roster of graduates. What about the school, the mother house school in Italy that Tony was certified in? Do they, do they recognize then the certification because it's part of their lineage as well? They do. They do. So on the certificate, you'll see our specific logo, which is specific to our location here within San Francisco. Um, but then you'll also see the kind of the, the house logo, which is the um, from Italy. And so, and they're still operational. 
their school, they have it all over Italy from north to south, depending on the instructor and the style you want to learn. And I know that Leo Spaziri in Chicago is also certified by that school, and he's got a, yes. a school of his own that's the Chicago, kind of, in a way, kind of the conversion of what you're doing, and, and he does it in his own way. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of cool. So, so, uh, so some people come back for a second week or, uh, or they do all the work. time. <laughs> yeah. so, they come back all the time. I think a, a lot of it is they just new concepts come around. I mean, we all have noticed that the trends and fads that happen within the pizza industry and just in terms of the industry in general, but specifically pizza, you know, all of these new styles have been coming into popularity. Of course, Detroit style, you know, was hot for a lot, uh, for a long time, still kind of is, but you're starting to see more of the grandma and the Roman. And Funny how grandmas come back, you know, from, is, yeah. People think it's been, I mean, the name grandma pizza, it's only one or two generations old. It's not like 200 years ago, there was a grandma yeah. pizza. There was always a grandma pizza, but now it's a exactly. thing. Don't think. Yeah. And, and Roman, you mentioned Roman. I think that could be the next big trend. What do you think? What are you seeing in, in the future of pizza, where it's going and, uh, and also in the future of, you know, sort of the pizza business? I definitely see Roman as the kind of the hot ticket item. Um, it's kind of been gaining momentum over the last year, definitely. Um, but what I've noticed, especially within kind of the competition world, is that you're starting to see a lot more high hydrated doughs um, mm -hmm. beyond uh, high 60s, 70s, and even some higher. Are, yeah, some are coming into like a 90%. Maybe yeah, and so I definitely am starting to see that line between bread and pizza blurring even more. Or, now or that converging yeah or that or kind of like a hybridized version yeah, of it yeah. and so it's it's kind of nice to see um the knowledge base has grown a lot across the board in terms of the science and yeah. the chemistry behind it and so yeah. to kind of see the bread world and the pizza world kind of meeting in the middle it's it's kind of cool because you're starting to see different grains uh, incorporated. You're starting to see the ancient grains, but also um, items like sprouted grains. You're starting to see a lot of pizza makers um, milling their own grains. And, right. and that to me is, is definitely a little bit more outside the box. It's not just. But I know how competitive you are and how competitive Tony is uh, and never <laughs> wants to be left behind. If there's something happening, you want to be on top of that. So are you introducing some of these new things uh, at Tony's or at Pizza Rock or at any of the concepts that you and Tony have been working on? Uh, are yeah, you self-potentially having your own place even where you can do maybe a style that's uh, something that's your own version of a, the hybrid? Well, at Tony's, uh, we're definitely kind of always looking to expand upon our profile. And so we're always exploring. Um, every time Tony says, hey, I have an idea, I... Yeah. <laughs> I know it's coming. Um, <laughs> not sure if that's, always, a, if that's a scary moment or an exciting moment. <laughs> it is in the beginning, but you kind of learn that there's a process that comes with it. And that, yeah, sometimes the playing around in the middle of a dinner rush is not probably the smartest, but it's always kind of fun to expand and explore and see what we can do. Um, but personally, I definitely would like to think that uh, my own concept is in my future. Um, maybe something on my own, but 
for right now, I'm loving the school. And so I am definitely kind of putting my all into that. Um, I'm still working with Tony's and with Capos, uh, especially through this whole, the virus, um, yeah. the stay in place order. We're definitely kind of making some changes to make it work for the here and now. And you never know what's coming. Well, uh, I want to have you come back again, Laura. We're, we're talking with Laura Meyer, who's uh, you know, currently, and, and for, for the immediate future, at Tony's, <laughs> she's based at Tony's uh, Pizza Napolitana in San Francisco. Do you just call it Tony's now, or is, does it still have the full name on the sign? It still has the full name, but we call it Tony's just because it's we'll Tony's. Tony's. <laughs> and, and of course, and if you know Tony, you know that there are uh, various uh, iterations of Tony in, in other cities, like Pizza Rock in Vegas and I don't know where else. Uh, I, do you still have the place up in uh, Sonoma County, up at the uh, at the casino up in Sonoma, or is that? Yeah, right? it's technically a licensee, but it's still there. It's still a part of our um, our little family. Um, it's but it's still there, and including the slice houses. So. Oh, cool. Well, well, when, when we get you back again, uh, I, what I'd love to do is is uh, we've been you know running a series that we call the Pizza Yodis who are like the people <laughs> like John Arena and Brian Spangler and Tony and, and Dan Richard, people who have been, who are out there kind of setting the, the bar, but who also have this, this innate desire to pass on the wisdom and the knowledge to the next generation. And we are also looking for the Yodis of the next generation. And I view <laughs> you and, and people like Audrey Sherman uh, and others as sort of the, the future Yodi. So what we're going to do is get you back maybe with Audrey and have a, uh, you know, a, uh, the, the new Yodis uh, series <laughs> that we run. And we'll see, because, uh, uh, you know, everybody's learning from everybody all the time. And even the, even the Yodis themselves will say that, and for John, Reed, who's been doing this for 55 years, he says, I'm still learning something every day. And if I don't learn something that day, I feel like I missed an opportunity. And I think those are the people that become the, the Yodas and the, you know, the mentors of the next generation. And I, definitely. I only see that in your future. I see, you know, even the way you talk about education as being something that uh, when, when people kind of make that switch from the front lines uh, to becoming like more full-time education, they realize that the product no longer is the pizza. The product that they're working on is the people that they're training for, the, for carrying on the tradition. And I think definitely. that that's a big part of you and, and uh, what drives you as well. So thank you for sharing all of that. We'll get you back soon. Uh, you're watching Pizza Talk, presented by Pizza Quest. We're with Laura Meyer today. Laura, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again in a future episode. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Pizza Quest is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, Subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.